Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. This is a public affairs broadcast airing on CMAC, which is television for the Fresno and Clovis area. That's Comcast 93 and AT&T 99. We're also on talk radio 1550 KXEX. That's airing in the Central Valley of California. And we're also on podcast airing throughout the world. And there's a lot of people have the country of Ukraine in their mind right now. As we all know, the situation on the ground in Ukraine is touching to our hearts. And our guest this week is from an organization called Ukrainian American House. He is the chairman of the Ukrainian American House. Mr. Vlad Skots, welcome to the program, sir. Uh, Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here. Hello, everybody. It's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we're recording this studio. I'm in Fresno. You're in Sacramento, but you have a little bit of a Fresno connection. Tell us about that. Uh, I've been in Fresno many times. A while ago, uh, I was even truck driver. So I've been in Fresno many times to pick up produce and deliver elsewhere. And uh, later, I have some partners, farmers that I visit to provide them service. And I had some employee who used to work for me. And I know they relocate to a beautiful year area. And so, uh, again, welcome to the program. What is going on in the Ukraine? I know that we're watching major news. I know that there's a lot of coverage. But I wanted you on, sir, because I know that you know Ukraine better than a lot of people out there. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, so let me explain to you like, uh, what is life in Ukraine. I used to be very often in Ukraine, some years five times or more uh, a day year. I have my parents there. I have my other five brothers there. I have office in Kyiv and Odessa, uh, multiple employees there. Uh, colleagues, volunteers for the Ukraine-American house. I'm very well connected with the Ukrainians all the time. And uh, life in Kyiv. Kyiv, it's a very big city, uh, 5 million plus. So to explain to you, it's similar vibe like San Francisco, New York, uh, a lot of international companies there, expensive restaurants, uh, like very expensive city. And uh, at the one moment, life flips like in opposite side. So people used to stay in traffic, rush to develop business. Uh, recently, we partnering there with the American University in Kyiv. There is very popular like English uh, language. Mostly young people, they speak English. So in one moment, that's everything changed. Instead of do something, rush to develop business, to go to school. Uh, there's multiple university there. People trying to realize where is closest bomb shelter in case of do something. And um, just imagine you, you, you would live there, any family would live there, and you have to wake up in the morning and call your kids, call everybody, different ages, five years, more or less, teenagers, then you should lay out map and explain to them, guys, here is going to be a siren and here is going to be bomb shelter. And um, on daily basis, I'm getting pictures. 
Today, I spoke with the, the biggest chief doctor at the biggest kids uh, hospital in Kiev. On daily basis, they serve 500 kids there. So he told me today they got kid, uh, children uh, seven years old. Uh, Russian missile hit the car. Uh, parents dies and he accepted the hospital this uh, children this was surgery intensive care and this child will survive and from hospital they sent me pictures when sometimes they have to take whole kids to the shelter bomb shelter and some of them they still require medicine support somehow um, so that's totally disaster totally wrong and i want to stop you there do you so let's backtrack a little bit now in america in the news we were hearing that russia has soldiers on the border do you think that people thought that mr putin would actually invade i mean i'll be honest with you i thought he was playing the game because i didn't realize that you know this type of war at this level can occur in today's day and age i mean sure there's been wars around the world the past couple of years, but, you know, for a, a country the size of Ukraine to be invaded, it kind of surprised us. Did it surprise you? And do you think that it surprised the people on the ground in Ukraine? Uh, we expect invasion, but in different level. We expect some sort of invasion in eastern part, but this uh, invasion to the capital uh, town. He sent some missiles to the western part of Ukraine, area where I grew up, like Lutsk area. Whole entire country, he just threw those bombs to, to different towns. Nobody expect this. Uh, we, we expect some invasion, and uh, we see that Putin totally lost his mind. He had the power over the 20 years. And being so long president, I mean, he's losing mind. He's disconnected from real world. And because of his geopolitical ambitions, he started this war. He destroying, if you Google it, just Kiev and click on the pictures, beautiful city, historical buildings. And the president didn't lose his mind nuclear weapon country. Uh, actually, the country was supposed to protect Ukraine because when Soviet Union get apart, Ukraine was nuclear weapon country. It was third, third large nu nuclear weapon country. And then in Budapest memorandum in 1994, countries gathered together says, guys, it's too many weapons on the earth. Let's disarm this, this earth. It's, it's diplomacy now that's we are educated we, we, we on diplomacy we should solve any conflict and united kingdom russia and united states they write memorandum uh, guarantee for the ukraine ukraine give back to russia nuclear weapon and if something happened we will protect your integrity your sovereignty your borders and what is crazy instead of protect russia now invade into Ukraine. And I want to stop you there because I read about that piece and I don't think people listening to this program understand what you just said because it's not out there in the media. In 1994, Ukraine had the capability or had some weapons that had that they could defend themselves with. 
but they gave those up because they were guaranteed protection. Correct. Is that what happened? Definitely. And it's not something, some like agreement that's in the world stage. It's Budapest Memorandum. Anybody just go Google and Google it, Budapest Memorandum Ukraine. There's world nuclear country says, guys, it's diplomacy here. It's not, we are live in different world. If something happen, we will protect your borders, your sovereignty. And now why it's so big strategy for the history? Uh, Ukraine getting the store, um, invade, in, uh, Russia invade into Ukraine. But we see this diplomacy, it's not working anymore. And so if Russia, Putin in this particular case can easily violate those international law, he lost his mind. Today, Ukraine, other day, other country, other neighbors. And they want to tell you Alaska was Russian uh, too while ago. So if some skeptical people telling, oh, that's Ukraine, why should we involved? That's our world problem. That's international issue. This or too small. And if whole United Nation do not unite to stop Putin there, he will damage world. That's history as with the Hitler. So we see that's building uh, Russian Nazis there. And I, I wanna I wanna ask about this piece too, because I think that it's not being emphasized in in the media now. And I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think NATO should have defended Ukraine? And the reason I asked you that question is because from what I've read and what I've seen, NATO was working with Ukraine or or Ukraine was was trying to work with Ukraine. You you will know the story better than me. And I feel like NATO should have stepped in and NATO should have protected Ukraine. I mean, they guarantee on paper, United States, United Kingdom, there's even by Budapest memorandum, world supposed to protect the Ukraine. So why we have this conflict? So Ukraine, uh, one of post-Soviet Union country, and Ukraine decided go towards propaganda, Russia, Soviet Union, towards NATO, like opposite direction, towards NATO, education, and they openly disclosed that. And Putin says, no, 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 guys. If you go towards NATO, I'm gonna destroy you. What's the in the world? So Ukraine wanna be independent. Ukraine wanna decide to be partner with the Russia or NATO because Ukraine see that's difference. There's democracy, court system, uh, business uh, can compete on the quality service product, not that is in Russia. So Ukraine people choose way towards democracy, towards NATO. And Putin doesn't like that. And he decided to keep control. He doesn't want Ukraine to be free. And that's how he declared war. And the whole world looking at that. And at this point, I, I spoke today with the, some guy who worked at the military, even with this chief doctor. He says, Vlad, I think we are, we are alone in this fight. Like everybody staying aside, NATO, United States, they somehow helpful, they provide some equipment, but they are waiting, they're just looking on that. And Ukraine people, they, they are ready to fight. But this Ukraine, Russian, uh, Russian uh, military much stronger. It's much and bigger, and, and bigger bigger too. Yeah, and you'll be surprised, there's a lot of Ukrainian um, congressmen, government, they're staying in Kyiv. So they're not, not afraid. 
some of people left, but mostly people stayed in Ukraine. We had we have volunteer there in Kiev. We contacted to her and she said, Vlad, it's it's my land, it's my town. Even if something happened here, I want to stay here to help other people around. I won't go anywhere. That's how Ukraine face facing this, but it's true, Ukraine kind of dropped and those promises, those agreements, uh, it's not working. And and I want to talk to you a little bit about sanctions. So we're seeing in the media that there's going to be sanctions against Russia. But my question is, do you think that the, the sanctions are going to stop Vladimir Putin from continuing? And the last I heard that some Russian military is very close to Kiev. You tell us better than you know more than I do on this. Uh, of course, Russian military very close. I mean, some of them was in uh, yesterday in Horlovka uh, aerodrome. They're in Ru- in Ukraine territory. Russian troops. In regarding sanctions, it will help on the long term. Uh, long term, but in short short term, it it won't help uh, because its invasion already started. And Putin, he understand language only where is like power there. And I believe he won't understand if he won't get strong response back. So he invade in Ukraine. And um, yeah, th- there is, of course, concern. Well, guys, if he involve NATO, that's going to be a big war there. But anyway, it will be. Look at in history with the Hitler. So he started to invade in other countries. And other country was sitting and waiting. Oh, we don't want a big fight because of uh, better to stay quiet, better get some settlement there. But history, we have we have to learn from the history. The the one thing I do want to talk about is the Ukrainians who are in Kiev fighting because you know I'm a boxing fan, and I watch the Klitschko brothers boxing always. And today the story is they're on the front lines. And that tells you a lot about the fight because here you have multimillionaires that could be anywhere in the world, including Las Vegas, but they decided to stay and fight. Do you think this is going to be a long war? I mean, how? what's the play here? Because it seems like Russia is not going to stop. And it seems like the Ukrainians have this heart to fight. I mean, what do you what are what are you thinking? How is this going to end, and what can we do to help stop the conflict? Um, I think if Putin will see that uh, United Nations, NATO, will be involved and will be involved in this uh, conflict, he will he will step back. Uh, otherwise, as you mentioned, uh, right? Those people, like for example, Klitschko. Very rich guy. I saw pictures today of him. He's in military uniform in Kiev, and he's telling that's my land. I'm going to fight for this. And other people looking at this and follow this example. And I know personally a lot of very wealthy people. They're staying today in Ukraine. So that's going to be big strategy because that's going to be a lot of lives uh, taken on the both side. Ukraine and Russian. And maybe at one point, Russian mothers 
will will start to think what we are doing here. Because I think the biggest responsibility this conflict also on Russian people, because that's your president and Russian businesses, they should give their voice. If they are sitting quietly, they are accomplice in this crime, in this strategy. They're part of this international violation. And the Russian businesses, despite all the risk that they will have to pay price, they have to stand up. There is in Russia a lot of smart people, but it's too much. It's too much when Russian president uh, uh, send us bombs to the Ukraine. So two factors here that Russian people must have put in there. And I'm glad to see that Russian people waking up. We saw some protest uh, yesterday in mm -hmm. St. Petersburg, Moscow. Of course, this Putin regime trying to arrest those people, scare them. And some of famous journalists already, Russian journalists already said their words against this war. So we are seeing some, some, some movement in Russia. And, but um, Putin have to see that world won't drop Ukraine. They, they will be support. They, there will be big fight and there is anyway fight will be there. So how do we, how do we get stuff into Ukraine? I mean, is there a way now with all the stuff going on? I imagine that there are people in the Ukraine now that need water, that need food, that need bread. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what do you do if you're in the Ukraine now and the stores are closed? I heard that gas prices are up and there's lines for people to fuel. I mean, on the ground, it seems like a humanitarian crisis. Yeah, right. But Ukraine is not a small country. Inside of Ukraine, there's like own economic also. So Ukraine can survive temporarily inside. There's a lot of stuff, but as this moment, whole logistic is blocked. So it's impossible to send something physically to Ukraine. And I spoke with that chief doctor at Kids Hospital. He told me the next, for example, today, tomorrow, if you want to help, it can be financially help because money can be sent to Ukraine. And on the long term, we are talking here in the other hospitals, stores, uh, what kind of supplies we can provide to Ukraine. And he mentioned food with the, like cans, uh, what can, can stay long. It's uh, very helpful for them. Do you believe what you're seeing? I mean, I don't. I, 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 I don't believe it. I, I don't. I want to wake up. I want to wake up tomorrow. I'm in Kyiv very often. I was supposed to be there uh, on the 27th uh, February. My father's birthday will be 75. So I was supposed to be there. I'm very often in Kyiv. I do not believe there's world different. You know, like COVID changed everything. Mm -hmm. This conflict changing whole world and the world won't be same. And uh, like those world leaders, they see their fail. Is the diplomacy agreements, it's not working. So now in Russia, there's a big Ukrainian population. Are they standing up and asking the government? Because we're seeing protests. It just, it surprised me that this happened. And I don't know the area well enough. You know, our audience members know I'm Armenian-American. 
and I follow the politics in that region because, you know, the Armenian country is dear to, to my heart. But it, it seems odd to me that he did this with a big Ukrainian population in his own country. Am I correct? I mean, talk about the Ukrainian population in Russia. See, Ukraine, Russian used to be same people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ukraine used to work with Russia a lot. And people live together. They get married. Some of family, some of live in Russia, some of them in Ukraine. So it's family very tight connected there. And, uh, but you have to understand Putin at the power over the 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there's like a very big regime there. If he, like now those protests start. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to scare people immediately, put them in prison. And that's, that's a regime controlling their business, whole media, everything controlled by, by Putin regime there. And now we see those voices, but when it's public, when let's say 1 million people, then probably his regime won't be able to, to do something on that. And it, it's time for, for Russian people to, to stand up. It's way too far. So you are the chairman of an organization called Ukrainian American House. Tell us about your organization before the war. Mm-hmm. Tell sure. us what you're going to be doing now after the war. I came to America 20 years ago. Uh, no money, no English, no parents. I had 1,000 bucks in my pocket. My first job was here janitor at the restaurant at the night. I clean up restaurant floors. After that, I went to construction. Later, I, before I started logistic company, I was truck driver. And uh, I got successful here uh, in this country. And this year in revenue, we'll have 100 uh, million in revenue. I have location in California, Chicago, Illinois, in Mexico. I'm telling all this not to promote myself, but this country. Mm-hmm. Yes, this mm-hmm. country gave me a chance mm-hmm. to be successful. And, you know, America, it's not perfect country, but it's great country. Mm-hmm. There is no any other country like United mm-hmm. States in the whole world. Just imagine if I, if I would come to Ukraine at the 20 years old with nothing from the scratch, you wouldn't be able to, to build business there, to be successful. So when I get successful, I decided to organize this Ukraine-American house. We have a lot of Ukrainians here in Sacramento. That's the biggest Ukraine diaspora, up to 100,000 people. And the goal is, firstly, unite Ukrainians here. Because some of Ukrainians live here 30 years. Some of them arrived yesterday. So first, we want to unite those people. They, they can exchange with the experience. They can help to be successful. And since Ukraine uh, got clear election, like there's no, uh, no regime in Ukraine, we decided to build a relationship with the Ukraine. We started to organize Ukraine fair events, conference. So this organization is focused to promote business bilateral relationship between United States and Ukraine. Change experience. We wanna bring Ukrainian business here to United States show it to them how business work here. We want to bring American business there to show them potential, how to invest. And 100% of our uh, goals were, was focused to them, to the business. So we totally not prepared to deal with this 
with, with, with this what we're dealing today. So yeah. I want And I'm I don't mean to interrupt you, sir, but this if Russia takes over, your organization is going to change, right? Or you tell me. I mean, how? It just it, it'll be different if Russia takes over. Do you think? Of course. I mean, this organization it's a charity. That's I want to do something good for life. I made enough money for myself. I can afford whatever I want. It's it's my mission, my calling. I want to be helpful to other people. Uh, I'm grateful to this country that I, I got successful everything. So it's not some concern about my organization, what I'm going to do. Anyway, I will find a way to help Ukrainian here mm-hmm. in America and the uh, Ukrainians over there. But I hate to help in this way. Yeah. There is other language, education, business. Um, it's, it's just terrible. So, you know, in Fresno, we have a small Ukrainian population as well. Very hardworking, very nice people. Um, And like you said, like many other cultures, they've come to this country with really nothing and they've worked their way up establishing businesses. Where else in America is there a large Ukrainian population other than Sacramento? Uh, there is in Chicago, Illinois. I mean, in Sacramento, that's third wave generation. That's the largest. Uh, uh, we have big population in Chicago, Illinois, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, um, in New York, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, in Canada, there is also big population there. And also we have in uh, LA area, Southern California. Uh, yeah. And how, what can we, the audience members, do to help? Ukraine now? I mean, is it the Red Cross or who who can we give money to that we can trust will get the money on the ground in Ukraine? And the reason I say that is, you know, I'm aware of war and the outcome of war. At once the missiles stop and the bombs stop, there's part two, which is the humanitarian, huge humanitarian concern. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think practically how we can help here to Ukraine. Firstly, we want to give our voice it's wrong. It's not right. We need to stop Russian. And how Americans can help, they can send message to their uh, congressman, to their senator, and ask them to stand up. Because the standards we walked past, the standards we accept. We don't want to accept this. So if uh, American people start to call into their like legislative area people and uh, ask them get involved, uh, make influence on the on the on the Biden there. So so we have to unite it. And second, as of today, it's impossible to help, but only with the money. In regarding donations, I would recommend to this. Send only through a trusted charity, mm-hmm. but is uh, based in the United States. If you see some like pictures there and some, uh, I'm not trying to say do not believe, but there is be careful with scam yeah. because when this stuff happened, there's were often uh, bad people scam good people. So we want to be careful. Uh, trust uh, charity. What is in United States? 
and was officially work with the Ukraine's uh, also official organizations. Uh, Mr. Skuts, we're running out of time this week on the program, but your opinion, what's this week going to look like? What's the weekend and the week after going to look like? And I mean, what, how are, what are you doing to kind of calm yourself down? Because I could imagine right now you're in a very hard spot. You've got family there. You love this country. And, and it's really, I mean, it's, it's a difficult time for you as well as others. I don't know. Because when we wake up in the morning, I always, personally, I wake up a few times a night. I always check in those messages, pictures. And nobody knows that 5 a.m. Uh, Putin will start to attack Ukraine. That's how Nazis happen. With our warning, 5 a.m. start to attack other country. They already made list of Ukrainian people who they want to eliminate. So we don't know. We're just hoping we are, we are praying to God. We are we are asking other people world around to help protect Ukraine. And on that note, thank you, sir, for joining. Your organization is Ukrainian American House. You're the chairman, and uh, you know, like you, I just encourage folks to find a trusted charity and start donating some money so that we can get some food on the ground and and help the people of Ukraine. I wish you the best, sir. It's not an easy time for you and the people of Ukraine, and we will pray for you as well. Thank you so much. And you can follow all activity if you go to website, uahouse.org, click events, and you can see everything what we are doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. That's all for this edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. Thank you to our audience members listening to this special broadcast on Anchor FM, a product of Spotify. Thank you also to those watching this broadcast on CMAC, Comcast 93, and AT&T 99 in the Fresno and Clovis area, and also to those listening in the Central Valley of California on Talk Radio 1550 KXEX. I'm your host, Sevag Tatiosian. Tune in next week to a new edition.